Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 432nd edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. And we're broadcasting across the world in this, our 10th year, from our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. And this is the place where technology meets entertainment. If you're in America, how about that Super Bowl? Wow, the game was fabulous. And my second favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs, pulled off an amazing win. And the halftime show with Shakira and, Je- and Jennifer Lopez, that was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was really up there. I don't know whether you remember with Michael Jackson and the um, show was brilliant and Prince was also brilliant, but that was a few years ago. But they, they blew it out of the park. They were incredible. Now, let me ask you a question. How much do you trust artificial intelligence? Now, we've all got an unbelievable amount of data at our fingertips, and uh, we live in a world that's saturated with information, but we haven't yet developed sufficient techniques to deal with all this information. Some information's real, a lot of it's fake, some's propaganda, and some's just far too complex for people like me to comprehend. So we look for easy steps to make quick judgments. Unfortunately, what worked well a few years ago is less likely to work today. So we need to develop new frameworks to make complex decisions as a society. Everything's getting far more difficult and complex. And this leads us to the next frontier of decision-making. We are increasingly outsourcing our decision-making to computers. But what if we let artificial intelligence call all the shots? They're increasingly um, decisions in fintech, in finance, are being made by artificial intelligence and in a hell of a lot more professions. As people, we already outsource a lot of our memory functions to computers. And 30 years ago, I used to remember people's phone numbers. I don't bother anymore. I just look them up on the smartphone. Most of us keep an online diary to organize our workday. We don't try to remember things. So we look up a lot of stuff that a few years ago we would have memorized. And it doesn't matter whether it's investing in stock or finding a new recipe for dinner or deciding who to date. Technology is now part of the process. The, pro- the fact is, we don't think twice about using the fantastic memory power of computers to store our information rather than rely on our brains to do it. Like it or not, we are already part machine. I mean, the most common words said in our house are Google. <laughs> We're already taking the power of decision-making out of human hands. It's happening. Look at self-driving cars. You know, most people think of self-driving cars as just doing the necessary 
calculations to drive safely a mechanical operation of complex maths, but it's much more than that. Imagine if there's an accident. Your tyre blows out at speed and your self-driving car has to make a decision. It can decide to try and keep going straight or drive into a lamppost or mow down a group of pedestrians. What would AI decide to do? Would it have a different decision if the pedestrians were kids? Who knows what the hell AI is going to do? There are no easy answers to this, but what we're increasingly finding is that machines can make much smarter decisions than we can. And big business is really listening to AI. PricewaterhouseCoopers estimates that the introduction of AI across all businesses by 2030 will boost worldwide GDP by about 14%. Now, to put that in some sort of perspective, that's about $16 trillion. The whole American economy is worth about $20 trillion. So it gives you an idea of how much clout AI is going to have. And $16 trillion is more than the current total industrial output of China and India combined. According to the results of a study by Teradata, the vast majority of large companies, around about 80%, are investing in artificial intelligence technologies. And according to forecasts from Gartner, by the end of this year, they'll be present in almost all new software products and services across the board. Sophisticated algorithms that learn by themselves already manage billions and billions of dollars. Now, they manage themselves and they learn as they go. So it's not even human input. And venture capitalists are using artificial intelligence to sort through investment opportunities. Medical research, military, software creation, logistics, and even the legal industry are all huge areas for artificial intelligence decision-making in the future. So will the liberation of such concepts free up our brains to pick up new capabilities? Probably not. We'll probably just get lazier. Capabilities as big as the move to speech, was millions of years ago, but it seems to be the world that's coming is one of AI. And it's much closer than we think. Now, do you get my daily 30-second read business newsletter? We've got about 1.8 million daily subscribers. It takes just 30 seconds. And every day we tackle a different subject from advances in medicine to new apps, to new technology, to subjects like Hyperloop and autonomous cars, blockchain, Bitcoin, artificial intelligence. We cover the whole gamut. In tomorrow's newsletter, we discuss the world's first blockchain-powered phone called Block on Block, or Bob for short, and that ensures that every call, text, or anything else you do online, you do it through a decentralized app, making it absolutely, totally secure. So nobody can hack you if you've got a blockchain-powered phone. So that's going to be a, a huge boom in the next couple of years. But you should know all about this stuff. 
and the Bob Pritchard newsletter delivers the latest in business stories up to two months before the traditional media get it. We often read things in the traditional media and say, geez, we wrote about that last November. So the one information source that you can trust for the latest up-to-date business information is the Bob Pritchard Daily Business Newsletter. And to receive it, you simply go to my website, which is bobpritchard.com, bobpritchard.com, and subscribe. It costs nothing. And uh, join 1.8 million other people who read it daily. Now, Clearview AI, this is a scary story, this one. Clearview AI has devised a groundbreaking facial recognition app that could end your privacy. I'm serious. Finish it. And they've provided this app to hundreds of law enforcement agencies, ranging from local police to the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security. You take a picture of a person, you upload it, and get to see public photos of that person, along with links to where those photos appeared. So what it's done, it's taken not only all the driver's licences and all the um, mug shots, but it's also gone and scanned Facebook and YouTube and Venmo and every one of those and pulled off all of the photographs and all the identification details that are there. So if you've got a photograph of you at a party last Saturday and you say, oh, was it, this is my 21st birthday and I was having it at such and such, all that information gets captured. So Clearview's algorithm doesn't require photos of people looking straight at the camera. With Clearview, they can use photos that aren't perfect. In fact, it's got so many photographs and they're, the way the algorithm sorted them is that you can be wearing a hat, you can be wearing glasses, it can be a profile shot, or it can only just be a partial view of your face. And it can tell instantly who you are, where you live, what you do, and every other piece of information that you've ever put online, who your kids are, who your parents are, everything. And more than 600 law enforcement agencies have now used the app, and they help solve shoplifting, identity theft, credit card fraud, murder, child exploitation, and all they need is a glimpse of a part of your face and providing you've had a photograph taken by anybody at any time, anywhere, even if you weren't aware of it, they've got it. They've now got it paired with augmented reality glasses that you can wear the glasses, and on the glass, it comes up, you could be walking down a subway, and every person you look at, it tells you their names, where they live, what they did, who they know, it tells you everything about them. That's pretty scary. Now, police departments have had access to facial recognition tools for 20-odd years, but they've been limited to searching government-provided images, you know, mugshots, driver's licences, and that sort of stuff, just government-provided. But now can capture it from anywhere on the web. In February 2019, the Indiana State Police solved a case in 20 minutes of using the app. 
Now, a bystander, think about this, a bystander recorded a crime on a phone. So the police had a side-on view of the gunman's face, partially covered, and they put it into the Clearview app. They immediately got a map, a, a match with a video on social media. It popped up on Facebook at a birthday party, this person. So it was easy for the cops to find them. Now, the person didn't have a driver's licence, hadn't never been arrested, so it wasn't in any government databases, so it hadn't been for Clearview. They never, ever would have found this person. But they found it in 20 minutes. So one reason that Clearview is catching on is that its service is unique. Clearview uses only publicly available images. A photo taken of a random person with the app returned numerous results dating back from to photos that were taken 10 years ago, even photos that the person had never ever seen before and didn't know they were even taken. Even when you use your hand to cover your nose and the bottom of your face, the app still returns correct matches. It can sort you out from anywhere. That's pretty scary when you think about it. You think of, you know, I often see photographs that are taken at a party or taken at a dinner or something that has me in it that I wasn't aware it was taken. I didn't know it was going up on the web. So if somebody wanted to know who I was, they just get my photograph, take a photograph of me, go to Clearview, and instantly would bring up every photo that had ever been taken of me, and they would then be able to work out whose dinner party I was at or who's whatever I was at, go and speak to that person, take the photograph and say, who's that person? They'd say, that's Bob Pritchard. Okay, do you know where I can get him? Yes, this is where he lives, this is what he does, this is whatever. And bingo, I'm gone. I didn't know anybody had taken my photograph, period. So you'll be able to walk down the street and um, identify anybody or on a train. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was at high school, I used to catch a train to school and, uh, you know, you'd see a girl on the train and you would try to get the same carriage same time tomorrow and the next day and the next day until you found her. Now you just secretly take a photograph of her on your iPhone get in touch with Clearview, and bingo. You know her name, you know who her family is, you know where they live, you know what she does for a living, you know absolutely everything about her, and it will take you 20 minutes or less. Wow. You could be on a train and hear a conversation, overhear a conversation. So as long as you can snap a photograph of the people, you'll know who they are, where they are. They might have been talking about they had a windfall and won the lottery or something, and you instantly know who they are. 
Oh, it's a bit of a worry. It seems to me that it's going to herald the end of public anonymity. No longer are you going to be anonymous. My guest today, after the break, is Timothy Seward, the author of Ultimate Guide to the Amazon Advertising. He's really a smart guy, this guy. Really smart. And he's really a nice guy. Straight out of college, he set up ROI Revolution, which drives growth for brands, retailers, and e-commerce merchants. He's an absolute expert on all forms of advertising on Amazon and Google and all of those. And uh, he's got some great advice in this next segment. It's an excellent interview for anyone who um, is a marketing person or a management person in any business anywhere. This is Bob Pritchard, and I'll be back with Timothy in just a moment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. 
You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. This is the part of the show where we talk to extraordinary people, people that have enjoyed great success and that are making a difference in the business world. You know, there are some amazingly talented people out there, and I love to speak with them because they've defied the odds at a time when 98% of all new businesses fail. My interviewees have all cracked the code. They've found the secrets to success, and therefore there is a hell of a lot that they can teach us. And what I try to do in these interviews is to find out what are the characteristics that make them great? What can we learn from them? And what is it that drives them? What is it that actually makes them tick? My guest today is Timothy Seward, the author of Ultimate Guide to Amazon Advertising and the founder of ROI Revolution, which drives growth for brands, retailers and e-commerce merchants such as Puma, Lenovo, Sony and 7-Eleven with its results-driven digital marketing technology and services. With Timothy's extensive marketing and retail background, he's a thought leader who's spoken at more than 70 industry, commerce and Amazon events. He's a frequent guest lecturer at North Carolina State University's College of Management and has contributed to key industry publications, including Internet Retailer. Timothy, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on the Voice America Business Channel. You're being heard right around the world. I'm super excited to be here, Bob. Good. Now, you formed ROI Revolution in 2002. What were you doing prior to that? Sure, I was actually in school. I uh, had just finished uh, up at Florida Gulf Coast University right. in Fort Myers, Florida, where I lived. And, um, and finished with a degree in computer science. And uh, like a lot of people who finish school, you know, you, you have this degree, you have these great ambitions, and you, you want to do something significant, but you have no job. You're not in school anymore. You're graduated. So, um, so that's, um, that, was, that was what happened just before, and, and, and very, very lucky for me, Google AdWords came out two months after I graduated. I started to become really fascinated with it. And then a couple months later, did a, an experiment of sorts uh, using Google AdWords when it was in its super infancy, like literally just two months old. That's the pay-per-click advertising where Google makes 80 or more percent of its, of its money, you know, revenue yeah. from. Yeah. And uh, it just, it went really, really well. Buddy of, my con- buddy of mine contacted me. And he said, hey, do some of that stuff for me. Build me a website, do this, do that. You know, give me some Google ads. So, um, so he had a checkbook. I didn't have a job. And um, when I said, and I had a degree, I had all this education. I said, sure, I'd be very happy to do that for you. And we got started. And, and that was literally how the whole thing started in June of 2002. Wow. So... Wh- where did ROI Revolution, where did the name come from? I mean, ROI, return on investment, that's easy. So you you really believed at that time that um, 
the AdWords was going to be the new way to um, promote companies, businesses, sell product. Yeah, and Bob, it wasn't just that. It was the fact that for the first time in human history, advertising, which, you know, even P.T. Barnum said 100 years ago, I know that half of my advertising yeah. is working. I just don't know what half it is, right? So, so in 2002, there was, there was uh, tracking that was, that was never before available where, where an ad campaign, where you could put money into the Google machine and, and have a measurable and trackable report on the other end that says what that money did. You put a dollar in the machine and you could provably see you got $9 back or $3 back or whatever it was. Right. So the revolution to me then and still is today, the fact that you can quantify that this is measurable, trackable, accountable advertising, not just with Google, not just with Facebook, but um, of course with, with Amazon. Yeah, the traditional advertising, um, companies wish that 50% of their advertising worked. <laughs> and, um, you know, I give a lot of speeches to, to companies about marketing and uh, I ask them a question, you know, who thinks that 25% of their advertising works? And you get about five hands. Who thinks that 10% of their advertising works? And you get the rest of the room. So, um, and there's no, you know, it's very subjective. And as we all know, advertising agents lie. Um, your website, it's a really good website and it's got a heap of information in it. So I'm out there and I have a business that needs help. Can you give me a, a snapshot of how ROI Revolution can help me? Sure. Well, we, uh, we so, so fast forward, um, we're now actually coming up to our 18th uh, anniversary in business this June. So, uh, so fast forward, uh, the, the main, there's two main things that we do to help, help brands. And we specifically work with, with brands. And, and generally, these are companies that, that do at least uh, 10, 25, $50 million a year in revenue due to, due to the, the scale of the work that we're doing. Sure. Um, so, so what we do for brands are two big things. Number one is traffic. So it doesn't matter if you have a retail store, whether you have a store uh, in the mall, whether you have a store online, you need traffic to your store. You need people that are predisposed to um, have some level of interest in, in, in the products sure. or services that you're offering. Yep. So, so we do that with our, our uh, relationships and our partnerships with Google, with Microsoft Bing, with uh, Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest. Snapchat, as well as, as with Amazon. So that's the, the first thing that we do is drive traffic to those e-commerce properties on behalf of brands. And then the second thing that we do is optimization services. So optimization services are things that make the experience on the website or the, the advertising way more productive. Right. Um, so a lot of technical services, but just to keep it at a very high level, the two things we do are, uh, are, are we power our, our clients' brands with traffic and with optimization services. Okay, so what, what motivated you to write the ultimate guide to Amazon advertising? Is that just a way of promoting ROI revolution? Yeah, so honestly, um, so this was 2017. Um, I, um, we had... 
we had three years of work with with Amazon on on the advertising side on on behalf of clients, and and um, so our, our team was rapidly growing. We were hiring more people, and so like a lot of people, I went on Amazon. Um, the, the website to find a book that I could buy, you know, five or 10 copies of to, um, to be able to feed to my team. So they had the latest information. And when I went there, I didn't see a single book that was even with, within, within even just a few years old, every book that I found was self, it was either self published and it was at least two to three years old. And I thought there's gotta be, there's gotta be some more recent information, but the harder I looked, I couldn't find anything. And so, and so then it just occurred to me, well, um, I could write the book and with my team, and then we, we can furnish this to anyone that wants to learn about adverti- Amazon advertising in the world. So a friend of mine, Perry Marshall, wrote the, the book, Ultimate Guide to Google Ad- AdWords. Yep. Uh, he also co-wrote the Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising. Yep. So I called him and I said, hey, who do you know? And he said... Hey, get in touch with um, with this lady. She's the acquisition editor at Entrepreneur Press, and just pitch her your idea. So I did, and two to three weeks later, she said, "We've got a deal," and, and we started working on the contract. And then in 2018, we took the whole year. My team and I took the whole year to write the book. There were five of us that um, that would gather in my office, uh, three or four at least three times a week and we would just crank and crank and crank on the whole thing until we got it done. It was an enormous, enormous undertaking, but I'm really proud to say that we launched it in May of 2019 and, um, and, uh, we're selling, uh, we're selling copies all over. Did you work closely with, with Amazon on that or did you do it totally independently of Amazon? No, Amazon would not cooperate. I tried really hard to even get their permission to take screenshots out of the interface, and the higher I went, the, the stronger the nose were. So, um, so basically, um, we had in order to get this book done because you can't just write a book about how to advertise on Amazon without including some sort of graphics. It's just it's, yeah, it's sure. Too, it's too difficult for, for people to um, to grasp yeah. what to do. So, um, so um, my editor said, and she she works for she's worked for Wiley over the years, who published a lot of technical books. She says, listen, she says, what you can do since they won't let you do screenshots is, is just have an artist create these renderings just using using their digital art, sure, you know, tech, techniques or whatever. And yep. so that's what we did. I I, uh, I found an amazing graphic artist, and he we sent him the screenshots, and then he recreated them by hand. So and what? So, yeah. uh, so fast, fast forward. I ran into an a, a, a Amazon executive, actually, um, pretty highly placed in the company. And, he, and he, we ran into him at a conference in Chicago last June. He says, "Oh, by the way, I'm buying your book uh, to give to my sales team." So, uh, so <laughs> even even Amazon's buying my book. I was really pleased with that. <laughs> That's good. Well, you know, do you think that um, by putting out a book? You're actually cannibalizing your own business. Sure, to some extent. Um, however, I've read plenty of books that were how-to books, Bob, and and as I read and I really understood that this author really knew what they were talking about, and I, I just had this feeling that 
hey, I'd rather shortcut things and get them to do it for me. Sure, there's plenty of people who read a how-to book and they'll just do it themselves, and that's totally fine. Uh, but there always will be brands, a- executives who are short-staffed, who need to extend their marketing team in some way by outsourcing to other companies who will uh, do that. And, and for that, we're, uh, we're really happy to work with those, those yeah. types of companies. Yeah, it stamps you as the expert and gives you authority. Um, and most companies these days that, that I work with want to outsource things that are difficult rather than try to do them in-house. Um, what did you? How did you? Who did you publish it with? Sure, uh, we published it with uh, Entrepreneur Press. So All right, an entire series on the Ultimate Guide to series. Um, and so, um, rather than doing it as a standalone, I wanted to, I wanted to publish with uh, with a, a company that had a track record. Yeah, and, and a bit of muscle. Um, I've put out several books, and I've done them all with Wileys, and. Uh, it does make a hell of a difference when you've got somebody with a bit of grunt behind you. Absolutely. So now, what's the most common mistake that businesses make when they're selling advertising on, on Amazon? Sure. I think the common mistake is, um, is a brand will um, – they have a product. So, so brands, you know, manufacture products. Uh, within you know whatever realm they manufacture, with, you know with their, whatever their niche is, you know whether it's paper towels or toothpaste or lip gloss or cell phone cases or whatever, and um, so they manufacture these products and they they look at Amazon and they have a catalog of products. They have this catalog in an electronic form, which is easy to upload to the Amazon interface. And so the big blunder that uh, I see. Uh, some brands making is just uploading their entire catalog on Amazon, creating the listing so listings look really great, and then just calling it a day. And of course, that's the same thing as opening a restaurant and and never advertising. Yeah, expecting so, people to turn um, up. So, yeah, and expecting people to turn up exactly. Um, so, uh, so I think that's that's really the, the the biggest mistake is thinking that just having your listings on Amazon will result in, in you getting your brands out there. The, the, the cool thing about Amazon, a lot of people don't realize this, but this was in the New York Times uh, in June 2019, I believe. Uh, no, excuse me, 2018, is that, well, two things actually. One that's not, that was not in the New York Times. So two factoids. Um, so one, it has been published many, many times. 54% of Americans start their product searches, not on Google, not on Yahoo or Bing, but they started on Amazon. And so hmm, what's happening is, is that Amazon has become much more than just a merchant. They become a search engine for, at least in America, for consumers looking for products, any type of products. And, but then the real interesting thing that came out of the New York Times in June of 2018 was this fact, and that is that 70% of all searches on Amazon are searches for the, the category of the product, not the brand in a product, meaning that 70% of consumers search for paper towels, not bounty paper towels. 70% of consumers search for lip gloss, not Maybelline lip gloss. 70% of consumers search for a 46-inch flat-screen LCD TV, not a Sony 46-inch flat screen LCD TV. So what that means is that 
if you have any level of your own manufactured brand of products that you want to promote and you have a chance to to gain the hearts and minds of, of those customers on Amazon, but you really you've got to promote you've got to promote it and the best way to promote on Amazon and to sell more on Amazon is through Amazon advertising. Right. Now every did you um need to raise finance to kick off ROI revolution? Um, no, actually, no, I did not. I've, I've never borrowed a dime from my company. Um, but, um, you know, it was certainly, it was certainly super, super, super stressful in the first three years because, yeah. you know, you're starting from a base of absolutely nothing. You're probably working 70 hours a week. Um, and, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very, very difficult. But of course, you know, once you get past that point and you finally have escape velocity, then, then, um, everything tends to, uh, tends to uh, multiply on itself. And, and that's, uh, the point that we've uh, gotten to, thankfully. That's good. Cause one of the things we find is that most people, once they go through that initial hardship for a while, tend to give up. It just becomes, too much pressure personally and on family life and all of the rest of the things. Now, everybody who's run their own business, yeah, everybody who runs their own business screws up from time to time. What's the biggest blunder that you've made in this establishment of ROI Revolution? Well, I've made made an enormous number of blunders. I think anybody who's honest in business more themselves will say that it's the, it's the greatest learning experience that they've ever had. And as a part of learning, you are going to make all kinds of mistakes. So I can't, I, I won't, I don't know if this is necessarily the biggest, but it was pretty big. <laughs> and, uh, and this happened recently. Um, so I, so for one of my uh, clients, who's a very um, well-known, uh, well-established um, uh, firm, um, in, in their space and, um, you know, well over a hundred million dollars in revenue. Um, they, uh, uh, they asked me to front their ad money and normally I've I've never done that. I've always just connected them with, with the engines, whether it be Google, Facebook, and then they can independently take care of their own ad spending. I did it for them. And then, um, and and they uh, filed for uh, chapter seven or 11. I'm not really sure bankruptcy. Uh, And of course uh, I'm out out to dry for that. So my mistake, that was a big one though. That is it. That is a big one. (laughs) Um, What's the most beneficial piece of information that if I read your book, what's the most important thing I'm going to take away from it? Sure. I think the most important thing is um, and actually this is on uh, page page eight of the book is um, is to build and to promote your own brand. So, you know, you're in the entertainment industry, Bob. I'm, I'm sure you'll recognize this. Almost every major artist that is at the pinnacle of their career, almost every single one of them started off by doing covers of other artists' songs. So, yeah. You know, they'll start, they'll start singing in a bar, um, they'll start uh, doing, you know, whatever, friends and family, and, and they'll start practicing, and they're literally just doing other artists' songs, 
and that that gets them the momentum to get going. So I look at that in business, and that's like selling other manufacturers' products. But for any artist who has ever made anything just become a household name, every artist transitions away from covering other artists' songs, doing cover songs, or being a cover band, they always transition to doing their own songs and their own music. They essentially manufacture their own music yeah. after a while, right? Yes. So I think that the the biggest beneficial piece of information in the book is to, to make sure that even if you start out selling other manufacturers' products, at some point, transition into a situation where you're literally manufacturing your own unique products, not even products that are private labeled by manufacturers in, in, in Asia or wherever, but where you're creating these unique and wonderful products that give great, give consumers really great experiences that are unique to you and, and transition to becoming a manufacturer's brand. That's really where the money is, and that's where the stability is on Amazon. Because if you're reselling someone else's products, you're going to compete with 15 or 150 other companies, and it's just a big race to the bottom. Yeah, and it gives you a point of differentiation too, which is really, really critical today. If you don't have a point of differentiation, you don't win. Absolutely. So, what are the most common issues that people face? digitally marketing their business and how do you approach it but what are the common trends there sure i think that the ultimate common thread that i see in talking with execs and i i'll do probably 40 plus talks this year on at, at some level on amazon around the country i was just in los angeles as you know last week or earlier this week rather Mm -hmm. um, the, the common thread that I see among all these brands and I'm having conversations with executives from brands that are billion dollar brands brands that do tens of billions of dollars worth of business all the way to companies that do you know 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year in business they all say the same thing Timothy I want new customers I'm in the two things business, Timothy. I'm in the acquiring new customers and retaining those customers. That's the only key thing that I do is acquire new customers and retain new customers. So they're literally obsessed with how can I acquire new customers for my brand, for my products, for my brand. And, and that's the big commonality. And of course, the reason they want to do that is because they want to grow. I've never had a conversation with a brand executive or even a uh, mid-sized business owner who says, "I Timothy, my goal for next year is I want to I want to stay flat, or yes. my goal for next year is I want to go down by five percent in sales. I want to reduce my sale by five. No one says that. Everyone wants to grow. So if that's true, if that's the key common thread here, then the key becomes: Are you in Are you in the marketing business? Yes or no? Because if you're not in the marketing business, then how are you going to acquire those new customers? Sure. You find that I find that too many companies concentrate on getting new customers and don't put enough effort into retaining existing ones. And retaining existing ones is really where your profit is because you can, um, they're loyal to your brand. They become advocates. You sell them more product. They come back more often, et cetera. 
So do you find that, that people focus too much on new customers? I mean, it's critically important. But. So so maybe it's biased because I'm talking with the marketing. Typically, my conversation is with marketing executives or people that are over marketing within their company. So maybe that's biased. But um, but yeah, it's 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 absolutely absolutely positively retention and and then and then growth. Um, if you yeah, you've got to have retention too. So yeah. that's that's certainly a key key foundation for everyone. So ten years ago, you were looking at the future of digital advertising and trying to weigh up um, where it was going and how do you best maximise ROI revolution. What are the trends that have surprised you over the last 10 years? Has anything happened that sort of caught you by surprise? Yeah, um, I would say, and I can't remember the, um, the fellow's name. Um, he's, um, he's Sir Someone. Uh, he's the, uh, the chairman and founder of WPP, the largest holding yep. company for advertising in the world. And again, his name escapes me at this very moment. But just within the last six months, I saw him present at a conference in New York City. Um, and so I was, you know, maybe 25, 40 feet away from him, whatever. And he's like, all advertising is digital. I'm thinking to myself, no, that can't be. Like, all advertising is not digital. Uh, according to Forrest's research, for the first time in human history, 50% of the world's advertising will be digital, it's never happened before, and then 50% will be terrestrial, radio, TV, sure. billboards, print, that type of thing. Yep. And, and also, also by, by 2023, 57% would be, what does he mean by all, all advertising is digital? What he means is that even the traditional forms of advertising are becoming digital. You drive down uh, some well-traveled freeway in Los Angeles, and you'll see a digital billboard sure. even. You'll, you'll see those in, in New York City. In terms of television, 70%, and, and I learned this recently, 70% of all households in the United States have a set-top box through their cable company or through satellite or whatever. And with that set-top box, it allows advertisers to, play, to place ads, television ads that are unique to that household, such that, that if America, if, if you and your neighbors are all watching some season premiere at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night, you could literally be watching at 8.01, three, if, if there are you and two other neighbors, the, each household could be watching a different ad, yeah. custom tailored to their interests. And so even television is becoming digital. A radio, now I have a, a friend that owns a, a direct response radio agency in uh, Los Angeles, just saw him for lunch uh, the other day when I was there. And even, it's not even radio advertising anymore. It's when you play spies with this group, you're on radio, you're on podcasts, you're on streaming streaming uh, media services. It, it, everything is becoming digital. And I think that's the thing that, um, that really, um, uh, that was that caught me by surprise, but obviously it's a surprise that, that's quite a delight since, since I love things that are, Measurable, trackable, and accountable, and scalable. Yeah, we've got um, we've got a deal with um, iHeartRadio, and the um, the statistics and the information they have on individual households is unbelievable. You know, it's it's quite extraordinary. It's a radio sta- It's a radio network. 
you don't expect okay. them to have that depth of, of digital knowledge. Um, so Amazon's become a global monster, using the word kindly sometimes. Um, so what are your Amazon predictions for the next decade? Where do they, where do they go? Sure. Well, okay, so I, so I have two. Uh, one, which is kind of less of a pr- prediction, more of an observation. For, for the last several years, people in, in the United States in the advertising field have considered Facebook and Google as, as a duopoly, you know, yep. almost a monopoly, kind of a duopoly. Sure. And, and that's how they've looked at it, at least from the digital advertising part. Today, um, it's become, and it's becoming even more so, and this will happen over the next 10 years, more of a triopoly. And even today, even though Amazon is, is on this terrific tear and they're growing like crazy in 2018, ad revenue on Amazon grew 132% over 2017. So they're absolutely at the hockey stick of growth right now. Even with that, for every dollar that's spent on Amazon advertising, $3 will be spent on Facebook advertising and $5 will be spent on Google. So over the next 10 years, my prediction is that those those, uh, dollars kind of even out a little bit as Amazon grows. And then my second prediction is that Amazon advertising and, and actually, I wasn't the first to say this. There's an analyst for Pipe, from Piper Jaffrey, which is an investment banking firm out of Minneapolis, that said this a little while ago. And, and more and more, I've, I've, uh, I've uh, come to uh, feel that this is absolutely going to happen, is that in the next few years, the Amazon advertising division will become Amazon's most profitable business unit. If you think of the money that Google makes on digital advertising, think of the money that Facebook makes on digital advertising, and you apply that to Amazon with their platform of shoppers who are going there first to look for products and even using it as a search engine, at some point it's going to surpass their current big money maker, which is their AWS, their their cloud computing services. That's the big money maker for Amazon right now. So that's going to happen with any time between, you know, next year or two years from now and within the next 10 years or less. Do you foresee any big disruption, any new technology that suddenly makes um, the, the current digital advertising space redundant? That's a great question. I think that um, those things are going to potentially catch us by surprise. But the trends that are happening right now, Bob, include the dramatic increase in voice searches, you could say through Siri on um, on on an iPhone, but you could also say through these uh, set devices within homes like the Amazon Echo and, and these other units that you can literally like talk to in your home and say, play this radio show, play this music, whatever. So I think that the impact of voice searches is going to um, is going to enter is going to enter some level of disruption or create some level of disruption. And no, then AI and machine learning that's 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 going to enter some level of disruption. Yeah, they both create create some level of disruption. Yeah, voices voice. We're getting to the stage where voice will operate everything. Um, you operate your car with voice. You can operate your toaster, your refrigerator. <laughs> all with voice, and then, you know, AI and machine learning is 
um, improving at such an incredible rate and influencing things at such an incredible rate. That um, that's going to transform the world, but it probably take us a little while yet. So, Timothy, we're running out of time, but what is it that keeps you up at night? Honestly, I'm, I'm I, I just sleep pretty well. I um, <laughs> I um, work really hard during during the day, read a lot, and then uh, pretty much uh, crash. Um, pretty much crash. Yeah, exactly. So. I think if you work hard enough, uh, you're going to be pretty exhausted. You're going to you're going to sleep pretty well. Well, that's a good answer, Timothy. Thanks very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. I really do appreciate it. You can contact Timothy and ROI Revolution by going to guess what ROIRevolution.com, and I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show right after this short break. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the 432nd Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, Absolutely No Bullshit Business Radio Show. Coming at you on Voice America Business Network from our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. The entertainment and technology capital of the world. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I love an all-you-can-eat buffet. And I know lots of other people do, because when you go to a buffet, they usually got plenty of people at them. Do you go in there thinking, boy, I can beat that buffet. If I just eat enough stuff and good stuff, I can eat more than the value of the buffet. You see people with their plates piled up. And do you ever sit there and think, how the hell can the restaurant make a profit out of this? But industry experts who studied it say it's a lot harder to beat the buffet than you might think. 
Experts recently analysed the prices of 30 all-you-can-eat buffets in the United States, and they took into account a whole range of factors. And they found that the average buffet price in America is around 20 bucks. On average, these buffets, for every 20 bucks in revenue, 19 goes towards food and overhead. They make $1 a head on average in profit. Now, the advantage of a buffet is that their profit comes from minimising labour costs. Self-service, you use a lot less wait staff. And all you can eat dishes, which are generally simple, they make them in large quantities, so they're economy of scale. They can be made by a skeleton crew of line cooks. At a typical restaurant, a cook can service 25 customers an hour. While for a buffet, a cook can prep enough food for 200 people. So you're saving a hell of a lot of wages. Each year, just to give you an idea of the scale, each year Ovation Brands, which owns a multiple of um, major buffet chains, serves up, get this, 85 million dinner rolls. 47 million pounds of chicken and 6 million pounds of steak. Now, with those sort of quantities, you can bet they pay a hell of a lot less than you do for a steak. So they're buying pretty cheap. It's also estimated by the experts that between 5% and 25% of any particular dish will be wasted. So waste reduction is a key focus of buffets. Then there are the meal fillers, things like potatoes, which are very cheap but very filling compared with, say, $2.25 for a serving of steak. So for every time you eat a potato, you are preventing yourself from eating more steak, which is 10 times the price. Now, buffets have also worked out a whole lot of tricks to get you to eat less food. First of all, they found that 75% of all customers take whatever food is in the first tray and put it on their plate. And 66% of all food taken comes from the first three trays. So they put the cheap filling food at the front of the buffet line because that's where people are getting it from. You might have also noticed that they use smaller plates. Smaller plates reduces the amount of food that people eat. They use larger than average serving spoons for things like potatoes where you're going to get a whole lot of it that's cheap. And they use smaller than average tongs for meats. So you get less of it. They frequently refill your water glass and they use extra large glasses so you'll drink more water because the more water you drink, the less you eat. But is it possible to out-eat the all-you-can-eat buffet? While the buffet loses money on a small number of gluttons, people who pile up their plates a mile high, It makes it back on those who don't eat a lot 
or people who only eat the cheaper foods like pastas and potatoes and stuff like that. That's cheap as hell. But most people, the overall majority of people, actually eat an appropriate amount, not much more or less than they would normally eat. So research shows that the way it works out is that the restaurant loses about $8.50 on the really big eater. So you can beat the, um, the buffet if you happen to be a pig. They make about $3.70 from the under eater and they make about a dollar profit on the average eater. So experts estimate that the gluttons make up only about one diner in every 20. So if you have 300 diners coming through a buffet on a particular day, you'd have 75 average eaters on which they're going to make $225 profit. You've got 20 under eaters and you're going to make $222 profit and you're going to have 15 gluttons, <laughs> which means you're going to lose $128. So that works out to an average profit of about $320 on 300 people or right around that $1 profit per customer that buffets make on average. But where they make up money is they um, sell soft drinks and cost, you know, to pull a big $2 soda actually costs a buffet or any restaurant or McDonald's or whatever, 12 cents. So if they're charging you a buck, they're making 88 cents. If they're charging you two bucks, they're making a dollar eighty-eight cents just on every drink, so that more than doubles the profit that they get from food. And the total number of buffets in America has fallen by twenty-six percent since nineteen ninety-eight, while the number of restaurants in America has risen by twenty-two percent. So in that time, more than thirteen hundred buffets have shut their door. And industry experts say that the reason that these 1,300 buffets have shut their door is in part, in large part actually, to the spread of food delivery apps. More and more and more people are having their food delivered to their home and not going out. And also, the second part of that is today, there's a lot more health-conscious consumers that look at a buffet and think, mm whole bunch of that stuff is not going to be good for me that I'm not going to want to eat, and so I won't. So there's going to be a massive change in the way people eat, and uh, that's brought about by home delivery. Now, remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Get out of the way. Let somebody who wants to succeed through. Help them along. It's easier and it's much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. If you're always trying to be normal, you might think, oh, well, I'm normal. Well, you're bloody boring as well. You'll never know how amazing you can be unless you bite off more than you can chew, and you chew like hell. In the meanwhile, I hope you have a good week. Now, we're having a big fundraiser at our home on Saturday to aid the recovery effort for the devastating fires in Australia. We've got a whole bunch of world-class entertainers giving their time, so it's going to be a great day. 
So I'm looking forward to that. I'll let you know how it goes next week. And I'm looking forward to being here again at the same time next week. This is Bob Pritchard. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.